Okay, we're ready for Christmas. Woo. Okay, we got that. Welcome to the Menlo Experience. I'm your host, Brad Sant, here with Kyle Bach, and this is episode five. Episode number five. Brad, have you been watching anything recently on like Netflix or anything like that? What's your go-to show right now? I don't have time for that. You, you guys don't have wa- time for a TV? go-to show? No. Oh, man. Yeah. My wife and I are watching Silo right now, and really? it's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm lying. Uh, it's normally Bluey. <laughs> you lied last time. We got to work on yeah. this. Well, Bluey. I'm, I'm not the one tuning into Bluey. But What's your favorite Bluey episode? Because... I have a favorite. It's just in the background. I don't really pay that attention. I do have a story about that that's kind of embarrassing, though. Yep. Cool. Please go. Young kids, right? I have yes. young kids and travel a lot. Yep. And I can tell you almost every single time I go to the hotel and I'm working, I'll be flipping the channels and I literally will stop on Nickelodeon or <laughs> Disney because it's the background noise I'm used to when I'm working at home. Uh, it's quite embarrassing. I look up five, ten minutes later, I'm like, why the hell am I watching Bluey? Because it's awesome. That's why. I mean, okay, your favorite episode. Granny. Grannies. Yeah. yeah. Tell the, me the more. Favorite, the favorite part of the episode is there's there's these three kids, and they're all puppies, and they all you know are imitating being grannies, like old, old lady grannies, okay. and they're hilarious. And my kids watch this Bluey on loop, and I just Love die it. laughing yeah. this time. Paw Patrol is also popular in our house, but yeah. yeah anyway, I digress. Paw Patrol. So. I so I have a thing against Paw Patrol. This is definitely a digression, but my thing against Paw Patrol is you have a bunch of puppies and like you have a bunch of puppies that are basically their leader is a kid, and then all the adults in Paw Patrol are idiots. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're teaching our <laughs> kids now? Yeah, that's the little message. That's, that's literally what we're teaching <laughs> right. our kids. Is right. like, well, good right. thing we have kids around because all the adults are idiots. Right. One of them carries a chicken in her purse. Right. One of them is mayor. mayor right. Yeah, the mayor who's yeah. an idiot. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then all the bad guys are adults as well. There's a problem here. I think we're just Anyways. instilling confidence in our kids. We've <laughs> talked about the need for confidence, right? So this is how we're going to get it done. That's how we're doing That's it. That's how we're going to get to it tell done. Them so. the, the adults don't know what they're <laughs> right, doing either. Right, so, right. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing what we're doing, what are we doing <laughs> these days? Uh, we've had four of these podcasts, right? And yep. we've talked about elevated and momentum and all these sorts of things. So maybe we take a little reflection on, mm. since we started this, uh, what kind of progress have we made? Elevated experience. You know, I think uh, we've been doing some things well, and I think there's some areas that we're still working on improving. Uh, you know, I think that uh, we've been doing a better job, I think, of communicating inside of the company. That's been a lot of fun and just celebrating some of the wins. Um, I think we, you know, even from an elevated experience, our, uh, you know, I'm, I've been really, uh, I think our customer success team and our installation team, and I, I think there's really just this uh, new concept and, and just conversation around, okay, how do we, you know, step back, look at outcomes instead of, you know, the specific situation that we're looking at and how do we, you know, ultimately serve our teachers and our students and our customers. And, and, uh, and so I love that that is a new, you know, we're the word elevated is getting repeated around the office, right? I think, um, you know, you know, the messaging is, at least getting out when that word is kind of sticking in and a part of the conversation. How about yourself? What are some things you're seeing that we're, we're doing well at with, with Elevated? Yeah, I, th- I think that um, it starts with being mindful, right? And to your point, the word is being tossed around. Mm. People are being mindful of not just kind of cruising through the day, but what are we really trying to accomplish here and 
how does that um, impact my role in the yeah. organization? And so all these things take time to, to seed in the culture and yeah. seed in the organization, but starting to see early, early bits of that happening. I also think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about extreme ownership mm-hmm. and um, pockets of that are just flourishing yeah. and continuing yeah. to uh, build out throughout the organization. And one thing I've, I've uh, been pretty adamant about is it can't just be leadership pushing that down. It's got to be yeah. peer accountability and, and holding each other to that higher standard. And I think that is something I've really seen happen over the last couple couple months as we've been really having these conversations with staff and, and talking about the importance of it. Yeah. I, I think to just, you know, we even talked earlier today about this idea that, you know, we're, we're hiring for some new positions and, and bringing some people in. And, and part of what we talked about was, okay, we want that same, you know, if we want that elevated experience and we want that extreme ownership, we want that lingo to be consistent. You know, we almost need a development track that we're, as we're bringing people in, that's like, okay, they've got to read this book and we've got to have these discussions and we're kind of rethinking, you know, in some ways almost, you know, uh, onboarding culture, you know, conversations and training around some of the messaging as well, um, which I think is new, right? Uh, and so, I, but I think that uh, making sure that that same lingo isn't just a one-time conversation or, you know, one-time book group, uh, you know, that we had going on, but now it's a consistent theme um, that we keep having moving forward. Well, we want to, <clears throat> some ways we want it to take a life of its own too, right? So yeah. we, we, we get that conversation started. We reinforce that. I think, uh, feel very, very adamant about what you're talking about, which is anybody new coming in the organization, we need to, it's critical that we make sure that they're starting on that page, not yeah. that they're getting caught up or they're falling through the cracks and not getting that message. They, they have to start on that page day one. And so I think that leads to a little bit of change in our onboarding process that we probably need yeah. going forward to make sure they're at that page. But uh, when you think about culture change like that, I mean, there's obviously people coming into a culture and setting, you know, this is what the culture is. This is who we are. But when you think about changing culture, um, what, what are some of those key things that we need? Uh, you know, as, as we're talking about elevated experience and we're talking about extreme ownership and things like that, how do you how do you really see kind of a, a reset of culture? What What comes to mind? Yeah, you know, I don't know that we're in a position that we need holistic change, right? I think it's uh, setting a vision of where we want to be mm-hmm. and then working working towards that direction. I think from a leadership perspective, from my perspective, we got to set that foundational element. And then I think as I see it, at least, people coming in the door, now that their culture adds, right? Yeah. We don't want them to necessarily just be our culture. We want them to add to the culture that we're working on. And so mm-hmm. setting the vision, setting the stage of, of that that we want it to be, um, which we talked earlier this morning, high performance, you know, uh, work hard, play hard, yep. um, but but really being the best at what we do and pushing that envelope. And if you're not excited about that, it's probably not the place for you. But if you are excited about that, come in and bring all of your individual qualities to add to that culture. Yeah. So it's a little bit of changing, but it's a little bit of setting the foundation and then bringing great people in to add to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. I think uh, you know we've we all we've talked about extreme ownership and and elevated experience. We've also talked a lot about watching game tape. Um, what are what are the ways that you've seen you know our our team? What are some examples that you've seen them you know watching game tape or even us watching game tape that that come to mind? Yeah, I think customer success as they're trying to analyze how mm. we're doing and what the, they're building their own reports and digging yeah. deeper into the data yeah. and that that's uh, 
been great to see that it was nobody asked for that to happen they just right. want to understand it better and and how yeah. we can improve categorizing those things and then rolling those up to uh, individual teams on on how we can improve on those so that's an area of that i think we've seen more uh, kind of debriefs after a particular implementation yep. or um, kind of getting the team together to analyze what went well what, what didn't and yeah. so a lot of that's going on um, in in all areas of the business now and those yeah. are things that we need to make systematic and be systemic throughout, but uh, you see those pockets popping up all over. How about you? Yeah, I even had somebody come into my office today where we literally, before we came over here, that was talking about a contingency plan for an employee that might be sick for, you know, the, and somebody to replace them, right? And this this person's like, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be better, but, um, you know, but still we're planning for, you know, that contingency situation, which is, you know, what we talked about even the last time we were together here. And, uh, and so... So even being proactive to think of, you know, uh, not only this is watching game tape ahead of time, right? right? You know, which is we talked about game tape during the game, game tape after the game, but also game tape going into the next game. And uh, and so I think that would, you know, the fact that, you know, that initiative is coming from the team and coming from leaders, uh, you know, is, is really exciting to see. Well, you're talking about going from reactive to proactive, right? Yeah. And when you're buried in just the minutia and the day to day, you're stuck in this reactive mode. Yeah. And you can never get ahead. You can never improve when you're always just reacting to what's happening to you. Yeah. So I think that's great to see what we're talking about here is now being proactive, thinking ahead, and we're getting in control of a situation as opposed to letting that situation control us. So mm. great, great improvement there. I'm not sure who that was on, on the team, but uh, the more we do that, the uh, you know, more lights out we're going to be in, in all aspects yeah. of, the, of the business. Yeah, that was a shout-out to Dunbar. Great work, man. And uh, and so that was, you know, I, I, I agree. I think, I've, uh, you know, some of the reports that we've seen from customer success has been huge. Um, you know, some of the evaluations. We've we've had customers at times that, you know, the, a narrative can get formed. Um, and, you know, that narrative, uh, you know, may have had some, some truths to it. But over time, the you know, it's kind of ballooned over time to be <laughs> – a little bit, uh, a little bit more than truth, right? Uh, you know, maybe just an exaggeration. A lot of salespeople, you know, you, the three X exaggeration, right? Yeah, bit. it can happen yeah. at times. And uh, but you know, some of those reports and things like that have have just you know helped bring fact, you know, to the conversation and uh, have illuminated times that we've dropped the ball and have illuminated times, you know, uh, opportunities for improvement for our customers and communication as well. And uh, but it just helps us all be, you know, just honest and look at how can we improve and how can we get better. How can we ultimately serve the teachers and our students, you know, uh, you know, more effectively and efficiently. And well, I think that's, we've talked about the feedback before and sometimes it's hard to hear. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, I don't care if you call my baby ugly and no no offense, kids, you're not ugly, but you know, I don't care if you call my, my baby ugly. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, if they're ugly, it was definitely my fault. Yeah. 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 We all know. That's my genetics. But, uh, look, I don't care if you, if you call a baby ugly. I mean, sometimes that hurts, but those are real things that we can hear and then process. It doesn't mean we're going to react one way or the other, but I think getting that feedback, getting customers that are having open dialogues with you, getting employees that are having open dialogues with us, that at least gives us the ability to have the conversation. Yeah. And I think uh, I was talking to Laura yesterday in customer success, just being uh, open and letting the customer have the conversation, I think most of the time gets us what we need and we yeah. can get to the you know root of whatever issue it is. Or, uh, but a lot of times people just need to feel heard. Yeah. And uh, I think listening to that feedback really is powerful in terms of how we can improve. 
Yeah, I was having a conversation with uh, you know, you know, a couple of our employees the other day, and and what we were talking about was a lot of these issues as we've gone and done more, more and more game film, right? As we've looked back at a lot of situations and conversations, issues, emails, just different, you know, different things that have popped up. A lot of it as we've gone back and assessed. I mean, I'm going to say 80, 80, 90 percent of the time, there really has been just a, a failure of communication a lot of times. Yep. Uh, you know, and so it's it's not so much that a system is broken or a process is broken. Sometimes that's the case. And we, you know, uh, we find those things and, and make changes so we don't have the same problem the next time. That's, you know, um, but, I you know, a large percentage of the time has truly been just a failure of communication. Um, and, you know, and so it's more the soft skills even, you know, that we're, you know, even focusing on as well internally. And, you know, that, that communication, sometimes it's a lack of communication. Sometimes, sometimes it's a poor communication. Sometimes it's no communication. Um, no communication. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. Like, you know, whoever said no news is good news. That's not actually true. Right. Like, you know, no communication actually causes, you know, distrust. And, and so, you know, so I think sometimes, you know, the, the failure to communicate on our side, um, it, or, or we've even been communicated to, you know, at times from our customers and we, um, have failed to respond back in a way that, you know, they feel heard or they feel understood. Um, you know, and, and in those situations, then it's caused a bigger problem. And sometimes that's even caused that customer to not respond, you know, not tell us the truth next time, right. To not tell us our baby is still ugly, right. You know, to, to carry on your illustration, except I feel bad about Carter. I, I just, I, I would never call Carter ugly. He's my good looking He's one. a cool little kid. Yeah, he looks that's like right. me. Anyways. He's, he's good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, like that's, you know, this is a situation where, you know, we just, we might've been given feedback for a long time and they felt like they weren't being heard. So they stopped giving the feedback. Yeah. So I feel like part of what we're even in the process at times doing with some customers is, you know, re-encouraging them to like, you know, to give that feedback, keep giving that feedback, keep giving that input so that we can improve and get better. Um, and if you don't get that, you can't keep improving, right? Sure. You don't know what's going on. Well, I think we need to be assertive with customers too, because a yeah. lot of times we'll hear that feedback and uh, being able to be assertive in the conversation and, and not uh, argumentative or anything yeah. like that, but but being assertive and and having a conversation that highlights both sides of, of the issue is, is really important. And when we don't do that, I think it's, it, it, um, it does, it doesn't help the dialogue proceed. Right. You yeah. know, so we, we can listen, but without providing some sort of, um, counter discussion to that good, bad, and different doesn't matter. I think that more the conversation actually happens will lead to the best result down yeah. the road. And to your point, it's a trust issue. So you have to feel like, Somebody's going to hear you. Otherwise, what's the point of me saying anything about it? Right, right. Well, and and in some ways, when you when you hear, like when you listen and take it in, which I think you know, uh, we've got people that are doing a great job at that right now. When you when you take that in, when they then go do the investigation and come back with facts and truth, and here's things we could do better. Here's things that would help us if you did differently, right? Um, and you know that that conversation when it's honest and candid, right? Um, you may even say blunt, you know, that conversation both on our areas to improve as well as, you know, areas they could improve. I think you build this level of mutual respect, right? right. Uh, that's, you know, we're actually putting in the effort and the work to find out, Hey, that comment, you said that, you know, more tickets are being solved on site than here. Right. You know, like those type of comments, they might not actually be true. Right. And, you know, and maybe it was a historical thing and, and, uh, you know, but we can actually get to kind of the root of it and actually, you know, improve both of us. 
Well, I think honesty is a is a core bit in this conversation, and I think a lot of people avoid being just outright honest because mm-hmm. they're nervous of how it will be received. But my experience has always been somebody may not like the message, but if you're respectful about it and you be honest and truthful, um, more often than not, that leads to building rapport to your, your point yeah. and, and respect. So I think all of that is good. I, I It also, is a challenge though, right? I yeah. mean, how do you be honest and how do you not offend? And, you know, we were talking about this, you know, just even from an interview standpoint, right? Like when you... When you're in an interview and you know it's not the right fit, you know, it's not the right culture fit, you know, do you keep doing the interview or do you, you know, be honest and cut it off, right? And that's, that's hard to know, right? right? Like, what do you, you know, how do you act in those situations? And, and uh, hard to know with a customer sometimes, how, how do you, what, when you're thinking about that with a customer, let's not do the interview. When you're thinking about that with a customer, how do you know the right balance of being honest and truthful and, uh, what, what goes through your mind in that situation? Well, my, my tendency is to be honest and truthful. And that, that sounded really bad. That's a good point. I try to be honest That's and truthful. That's a good point. Uh, no. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> so. the, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, gosh, we're going to have to rethink this. Okay. That's right. Uh, you know, it's, I think each customer, some, some customers are different. You know, I was, I was, uh, there's another company that, uh, they're in financial planning. And they will pair, if you like to chit-chat, they'll pair you with somebody, a financial advisor that likes to chit-chat. If you like data, they'll pair you with somebody that likes to talk data. And I think that kind of holds true here with a customer is you're always going to be honest with them, right? And and uh, want to get that information out is, is the way I see it. I think some people need that uh, massaged a little bit, right, or delivered in a... Um, uh, easier way and then some just want to hear it how it is right yeah. and um it's funny we have some customers that that are on the east coast yeah and man they are blunt and they just like to hear it how it is i was talking to new york the other day right. and it, that's how it is that's they're very is. gary v and they're like right. i just you know right. like and that's okay. punch them in the nose right they but appreciate it some of us in the midwest may not uh be exactly yeah. as, as we're like my stuff. nose right. hurts that right. that, that, hurt. that right. wasn't fun right so you adjust the message, right? And I think uh, it always needs to have that honesty and truth uh, underneath it, but be yeah. delivered to to the message. And and if I communicated to everybody the same exact way, that would be an absolute disaster, yeah. right? I mean, it's- John Maxwell has a book called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. And I think, you know, what he basically talks about in the, the summary of the book is, you know, that everyone talks, but are you connecting with the people you're talking with, Right. right? And, you know, and, and not talking to, like, that's a very different phrase, right? Are you connecting with the people you're talking with? And and I think that that's when true communication is happening, right? Are we connecting? Are we on the same page? And, you know, and I think that that's a, sometimes we talk at people. Yep. And providing updates on a ticket or something is not communicating, right? Right. That's just providing an update, right? Yeah. So, and sometimes you're just kicking the can down the road. Right. Like, and that's right. frustrating for anybody sitting there sure. that's getting the can kicked down. So know? having that two-way communication, there's two parties involved. And we were talking about this the other day, uh, something different, but an uh, issue that was going on in the office. And we were talking about, uh, I made the comment that there's always humans involved, right? Yeah. And so when we talked about this maybe on a previous podcast. Pod, pod, I can't even talk. Okay, we're ready for Christmas. Woo! Okay, we got that figured out. 
Mariah Carey's coming up soon. Oh my oh. goodness. Back to speaking of things we haven't talked about uh, in a long yeah. time. That's coming back. I love how much Krista threw you under the bus with that, by the way. Thank you. And she said you definitely love listening to Mariah Carey. Like and me. you were trying to defend yourself and say you didn't listen to that. Yeah. Is it already coming back on your podcast? No. Somebody uh, told me that the annual review is coming up on Spotify. I have to wait till that comes which out. Means then I can hit the Mariah Carey. Then you can do it because okay. you don't want it to come up. Okay. So Let's get uh, anyway. There's always a human on the other side of the, the equation. And I think we lose sight of that in business, right? We think of transactions yeah. and, and yeah. tickets and these kind of things, but there's a human on the other side. Yeah. And so if we can stop ourselves, think through that, whether it's somebody working on our support desk and understand there's a human on the other side as a yeah. second grader that can't log in and has got tears in his eyes because he's super frustrated, or there's a teacher that's trying to talk to us five minutes in between a plan time and yeah. stuff like that. There's always a human on the other side. And I think that if the more we can remember that and keep that mindful, the better the communication gets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. And I, I think we're, we're getting better at having that conversation and being mindful of that. And, uh, cause some of those people on the other side love Mariah Carey. So, you know, that's just how it is. I feel like I'm just going to be thinking about Mariah so, Carey the rest of this okay. conversation. Okay, while we're talking about artists, we might as well bring Taylor Swift into this oh conversation. Yep, 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 yep. So I'm yep. going to pivot this conversation Our a little bit. Our good friend so. here dressed as uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift last yeah. night. Thank you. Yes. And uh, and yeah. so, and it's a guy. So, you know, just, you know, that's just That's our producer. Yep. That's our producer. Yep. So, uh, but, but yeah. Okay, so here's, here's a little bit of a bird walk, but... Uh, I'm reflecting here on Taylor Swift, and I'm getting super tired of hearing about her. Tell me your deep thoughts on Taylor Swift. I want to know. She's not What's at Mariah Carey's level. She's Do you have not a wristband? at that level. She's not. Okay, but I am a member of the fan group. So um, I was thinking about her and Travis Kelsey, right? And you've got this external info, you know, force or influence that has really changed, quote, his business, right? When you look at Travis Kelsey, he's gone commercials, yeah. everything else. So... What what is the Taylor Swift effect that you can bring to mm. a business, right? I mean, you bring this outside influence that is so massive, right? How do you do that? Uh, shoot your shot at that, right? If you will, to go bring in some outside influence that's going to take you to the next level. Yeah. Because clearly, that little relationship or pseudo relationship or whatever it is, yeah. But that influence has taken Travis at, to the next. Look level. at his momentum, right? Right. I mean, both both as a, I mean, they showed the stats on football, like of his momentum, right? He's double. He's double as <laughs> effective right. Right. when she's in attendance, which, by the way, we lost to the Broncos, and, and hello, she wasn't in attendance, right? So, you know, are we just doomed to, you know, fail and have failure Travis Kelsey if she's not in attendance? Okay, I have a really interesting theory, but we're, we're going to pause for this little football conversation because we haven't talked enough sports, but... Yeah. Did you notice he was at the World Series game Friday yeah, night, right? And I so did. that's a big talk. I did. So how much of his head is more in the game because he's not outside prior to a game when she's not here versus when Well, it depends is. if you're listening to Shannon Sharp and what he had to say about him being at the baseball game on a Friday night because he and Ocho Cinco didn't uh, – Ocho, Ocho, Ocho Cinco, yeah. Uh, he was like – Ocho was like, whatever, he can go to a baseball game. And Shannon Sharp was like, no, this is the NFL. You need to be focused. But, you know, it's interesting because some people, if they have that disconnect, they're more focused for the game, right? Um, you know, and so, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think? What's your theory? I mean, for this pause, uh, it's, it, it can be good or bad, right? I mean, you could look at that and say he's focused and wanting to produce because he's got influence and, yeah. and wanting to show, show what he can accomplish. Um, or, or there's 
distractions are real. I mean, it doesn't oh, yeah. really doesn't really. I mean, I think about it in business whether you have family or kids or um, other health issues or whatever. Those distractions are yeah. real, right? Yeah. And so at some point, there's an influence. I don't yeah. know. I don't know where it's at. Well, now, we've but. talked even. You know, if you take this back to business, we've talked a lot for us about you know getting into a different you know different verticals and things, right? We've had those conversations and. You know, as we as we talk about different verticals or do we stay, you know, focus really, you know, focus in on K-12 and go, you know, all in. And, you know, and so it are, you know, some of those side things, distractions, right? Um, you know, all the commercials he's doing, I'm sure, in the off season and stuff like that. But you're not going to a World Series baseball game in an off season, right? Right. right. That's on a Friday night, you know, when you've got a game, you know, the next week. And, you know, and so that's, that's a good question. I mean, you know, is it? Uh, you know, when we think about, you know, distractions that are hitting us, what, what would you say are some of our potential distractions right now? Taylor Swift and this Taylor conversation yeah. is a distraction. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. You know, Carter did not like having Taylor Swift at the games. He's no, not, he's not happy. That. No, no, he's not happy. I will say my but, daughter is paying a lot more attention right now to the Chiefs yeah, than good. ever before. Well, and there's good, bad influences, right? So, so bringing us back full circle then, what's the influence that we can bring in What's, mm. what's this outside influence that we or another business can go find that's going to rocket you forward at that, at that speed? Yeah. And it's I, hard to come by. It's, almost, it's a unicorn. But, you know, how do you go land that? Well, I think, you know, you and I have been talking about, you know, just creating more of a secret sauce and creating, you know, identifying uh, more specifics, right? And just being clear on our vision and where we're headed. Um, I do think that can generate momentum. I do think that, you know, uh, how do you create the momentum of a T Swift in Travis Kelsey's world? That's a great question. I mean, that's kind of the, you know, the dream scenario, right? When he shows up, she shows up in his world and how many Instagram followers does he get immediately? Right. Yep. How many brand deals does he have? What's the NFL, you know, from a watching standpoint look like, I mean, it's changed the p- direction of their podcast, right? Yep. I mean, she's influenced so much right now. I mean, it's a pop culture moment, right? Right. I would maybe say the question that I'd add also though to it is what's the long-term impact of this? Is this a flash in the pan type of a thing or is this something that changes the NFL forever? Right. Is this something that changes Travis Kelsey forever? Right. And maybe it is right. And maybe it is something that just completely changes the direction. I've been watching the Beckham, uh, documentary on Netflix. Right. And, uh, you know, Beckham married, uh, one of the spice girls, right. right? Uh, posh, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, that changed the direction, you know, of his life. Right. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we've got a whole documentary and now Messi's in the U S just got the balloon d'Or, right. I think is how you pronounce yeah, that maybe, I don't know. seventh one. Hmm. I think he's got three more than Ronaldo and he's playing in the MLS first MLS player to get that award. That's right. Crazy. This is big time yeah. in America. Uh, you know, sporting KC is in the playoffs, hopefully still in the playoffs hopefully. when this comes out. Yep. And, uh, you know, so that's a, you know, just, yeah, it's uh, that type of momentum uh, it can be life altering or it can be a flash in the pants. So I think the real question is how do we, you know, what are those opportunities and you don't get them all right every time. Uh, but I do think that if we look for those type of opportunities and influence and momentum, um, you don't need to get every one of them, right. Yep. You know, you need to get a couple of them, you know, well, or maybe one. What's really interesting in this conversation. I think your question is a great point because manufacturing one of those opportunities is nearly impossible. And yeah. some, some you can do that with marketing and those sorts of things, but it's nearly impossible. However, the point is what, what makes it sustainable? You have to be ready for the opportunity and seize the day when it comes mm-hmm. and be ready to take advantage of it. And so that can happen in a micro opportunity or some sort of macro opportunity. Yeah. And 
all of our all of our team and everything we need you know do on a daily basis we need to be looking for those opportunities and be ready to seize them because yeah. if they pass you by normally they're you're going to get one shot maybe two shots at them yeah but that's it and so yeah. i think your question is excellent in in terms of how you how you look at that and being prepared for those opportunities and take advantage of them the moment they show up yeah and i and the whole team has to be ready for it right in a business setting it's not just you or me that is ready for those opportunities and you know, we might have a huge opportunity that comes up that we take advantage of, you know, maybe, you know, a customer that changes, you know, the direction of the company, right? We might have one of those come up. You and I might say we're ready for it, but it's the entire team that has to get behind it, you know, and leverage each other together, working together towards that. And I, you know, I would say, you know, nothing gets me more excited about, you know, just where our team is at and the direction that's moving than when we're, you know, talking about some of these opportunities that are around the corner that we do think are some of those momentum opportunities for us. And, you know, and, and, you know, basically the team's like, let's go, you know, let's, you know, bring it on. And, you know, when I hear that just from our, our team, you know, that's, uh, man, I think we've got an exciting, you know, just opportunity ahead of us here. Well, you know, decisive is a word that I've been talking about lately. And, and I think when those, those opportunities pop up, you have to be decisive. Maybe you want to choose to be decisive not to take advantage of that because it could be a distraction. It could be something that yeah. sounds like the best opportunity, but, but really is a distraction. So, yeah. I mean, you got to have your, your head focused on ultimately the vision and the goals that, that we're after as an organization or whatever you and your personal life so that you know when to take advantage of those opportunities and be decisive. And we've talked not. about with decisive, you know, going for the no, right. And some of those situations. And so when we talk about that, what does that mean? Going for the no, I'd much rather hear the answer is no, or we rule it out. Uh, as, as fast as we can, if not almost immediately. Yeah. Because then we're not being distracted and losing cycles over something that's ultimately not going to pan out. And, you know, you think about chasing a customer for 9, 10, 12 months that you think is a great deal. Wouldn't it be great to just know that that wasn't right to begin with? And then you can go put your energy in somewhere that, that you're better aligned. Yeah. So. Which is kind of brings us back to, you know, looking at, okay, so what is a golden opportunity for us? Like, what what are those, you know, momentous uh, right next steps and qualifying some of those things even in advance, right? This thing is a great opportunity, is a potential, you know, uh, needle mover for us. Um, one of our, Laura said this week, you know, the, the weather setters, right? You know, and, you know, and so what are some of those things that would set the, you know, the weather, the direction, you know, for us as a company, as opposed to, you know, checking the weather, yep. right? And uh, for us, that's where we fall back on EOS and our, our annual and five-year goals, yeah. you know, long-term goals. So we have that. And if it's not aligned with that, we really shouldn't be going down that path. So for us, you know, we want to be uh, increasing revenue substantially as well yeah. as our customer base in our markets that we serve in terms yeah. of K-12 and so forth. So if it's not aligned with trying to achieve that objective, it may sound great. It may actually make a lot of money. But for what we're after and what our goals are as an organization, it's a distraction. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Because, I mean, obviously, every different vertical and things like that that you approach Clearly, you can build a business out of that. Otherwise, Absolutely. it wouldn't be a thing, right? right. Um, you know, and sometimes I think we try different directions or try different opportunities, and we're almost pushing through them so much that then you get into the sunk cost, you know, fallacy where it's, you know, like, well, we've put so much time into this. Like, we, we almost got to make this succeed. And it's like, no, like, cut your losses now and move forward. And, uh, you know, so that we can better serve, you know, our, our target market and our customers. Well, Necessary Endings, I think, mm. tackles this really well. Um, that book talks about the need to celebrate the death of something, yeah. right? Like, so yeah. you have a, a idea that, that you chase or a business uh, division, whatever you want to say, and it didn't work out. 
have a big party, celebrate the death and kill it. Yeah. Um, don't, you know, don't shy away from it. Just yeah. make it a big thing and move on. And I think yeah. that that's some really good advice because uh, it brings some finality to that, much like you're having a funeral for a business division or whatever. Put it to rest and, and move on. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah. The idea of chasing and chasing and it's going to get there at some point is going to lead you down a terrible path. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, man. Well, I think, you know, we're also coming into, and maybe this is our final wrap up, but we're, we're coming into, you know, Thanksgiving season here. Um, when you think about things you're grateful for, uh, we're brewing here uh, with this cheesy question. Yeah. All right. Way well, to, I mean, way to wrap I think, it you know, we're cheese. coming in. Happy cheese whiz. That's what I'm thankful everybody. for. Yeah. Okay. Cheese yeah. whiz. Yeah. Ritz Bits crackers, right. right? That's, uh, you know, yeah. Ooh, cheese whiz on Ritz Bits crackers. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. You can buy those in a again. bag and they do that for you. Nowadays. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think it's as good Cheesy as cheese whiz. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So we're wrapping it up with what we're thankful for. Well, you know, I think that, you know, when I think about, uh, I mean, just this, this season, I think about just, you know, where we're headed, uh, you know, just grateful for our team. I mean, you know, just in all honesty, like, and, you know, and I think that I know that you are also, and I think sometimes, you know, as, uh, taking the time to celebrate and take the team, you know, out to dinner. That was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, you know, and just, you know, just grateful for them. And, uh, I think we've got, uh, it's been fun to see the team come together and, and just be working hard and, and, and really just knocking a lot of things out right now. And, and that's been just exciting to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, thankful that our team is doing the hard work every day for students and teachers across yeah. the country. Uh, yep. You know, that's, that's a core business that we have. And, and we make such a difference, the better we do with that. Yep. And so I'm thankful for that, uh, for our team. And that, that recognition probably is, is uh, way undervalued in, yep. in what they do on a regular basis. But also thankful for um, all of the people that I've seen step up and are ready to join us on, on this journey yeah. and uh, take it to the next level. So, yeah. you know, as we talk about the elevated experience, um, that team is delivering it. And... Um, it's, it's really an honor and a privilege, you know, yeah. that, at least the way I look at it, my role to, to be able to work with so many great people, talented people, smart people, and, um, eager to really take it to the next level. So, yep. um, that I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for all that's coming down the road. Cause I know it's going to be great and yep. our opportunity to work with everybody. So yep. with that, that, that is the Menlo experience and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.